out in the middle of the ocean, if you come across a vessel that's just uh, drifting and there's nobody on board, boy, that's your vessel from that from that moment on. Welcome to the Life in Paradise podcast, the show about creating a life you never need a vacation from. You'll gain inspiration from those who have done it before as we share experiences, strategies, and offer practical steps you can take to live your dream life in paradise with your host, attorney-turned-alchemist, Don Fleming. Welcome to this month's edition of Taking Command with Captain Tom. Our topic for today is why the captain goes down with the ship. And I'm here with Captain Tom. Hello, everybody. Captain <laughs> Tom here. And he's feeling much better, but uh, we had a, a little bit of a, a scare in more ways than one this month. And it all started the first week of June. We had plan to take our boat from Isla Mujeres, Mexico to Progreso. We found a new slip. We're moving, selling our houses for sale, and we're relocating the boat. And it uh, it hadn't sailed in about five years. Yes, that's correct. So there was a lot of work to be done. and uh, But we had everything in order. We had a couple of able-bodied crew people that, that joined us. And we left on Wednesday morning, pretty early, 7.30, 8 o'clock. And the weather was perfect. We we waited for a great weather window. We had no wind, but it was okay. We were motoring. And we got about two-thirds of the way there. Should have been about a 36-hour trip. And the engine quit at 3.30 in the morning. And there was not much wind to speak of. Uh, we did go ahead and put out the sail and kind of floundered for a while. The wind finally did come up and our, our wasn't a new sail, but newly repaired sail. Uh, first time we used it, uh, lasted about what, an hour or two? Couple hours. Couple was, hours, maybe. It got pretty windy, so we're... Cause, you know, okay, the engine doesn't work, no problem, it's a sailboat. Right. So we put up the sail and we're cruising along. We were going to be in a little bit later than expected, but we we were moving in the right direction and the sail blew out. And so Captain Tom ran down to the sail locker and quickly dug out our storm jib, smaller little handkerchief type uh, sail that that still made us go, but uh, a little bit slower going. And then the wind quit. And so without any propulsion, no sail power, no motor power, we, you lose steering. You can't, can't control the boat. And so we made a decision to drop anchor. We were about two miles offshore and we couldn't really get much closer than that because it's pretty shallow on the northern side of the Yucatan Peninsula. And unfortunately, where we dropped anchor, there was little to no cell phone signal and the radio only goes about 25 miles. And so we were in a pretty remote area. So we actually spent two days at anchor um, with not enough provisions. Uh, we didn't expect to be gone that long. Uh, ran out of bottled water, had full water tank, not the, the best water to drink, but it was drinkable. Had some food stores on board that uh, we weren't really planning to eat, rice and, and different things. But uh, we, we got a one out of four people got one bar occasionally on the phone. It was enough to send us a message that we were in trouble. And, uh, we had our position so we could give them our position to get a rescue boat or just to get a boat out there 
to tow us into port. But uh, anyway, we weren't in any danger, really. I mean, we were we were fairly safe. Although, if the the anchor something would have happened to the anchor, we could have potentially drifted in and run aground. And so, um, Cliff, one of our crewmen who was on board, his girlfriend was able to get the, a message through from him. And they alerted the Mexican Navy and the, what was it? The, the end of the first day, I guess it was, yeah. we at about 12, 15 in the morning, a boat pulled up. It was a smallish sort of inflatable oh, a patrol boat, patrol boat from the Mexican Navy. And they were there to rescue us. And the problem was we were not, physically um in danger although it turns out tom had a serious health issue and i'll let you talk about that in a moment but we made the decision to to vote cliff off the island (laughs) (laughs) he got on board the vessel the uh other uh, gal sue was a licensed 100 ton captain and owned her own charter business in the British Virgin Island for many years. So she elected to stay on board with Tom and I. I am technically the owner of the boat. Tom is the captain. But I wanted you to talk about, we had some friends who were very upset with us that that they, they he was going to meet us at 4 o'clock in the morning. So it took three hours from the time they left Progresso to, to get to us. And it was going to be three hours more for them to return. And he was going to, our friend was going to meet us there when the the navy boat arrived and he was pretty pissed at us that we weren't there especially due to uh, tom's medical condition so can you explain sure everybody why you why you refused to get off the boat and i can talk about why i wouldn't get off the boat too um when i went a couple of things when i went through captain school um they say that you should um, if your boat is, is sinking, always step up out of the boat into the life raft. A lot of people abandon their boat long before it sinks. So what happens is if you're, um, if you abandon your boat on the open ocean, you abandon your boat, uh, it's fair game. Anybody who comes along, it's their boat. Uh, you lose, you step away from ownership of the boat. Even in a situation, uh, like Vessel Assist, um, which is a, a, a company on the, on the uh, Pacific Coast, and it's all around the United States. It's called Vessel Assist, where it's like a towing insurance like uh, AAA is for cars. But what happens is um, they, you call them up, and they, if there's a problem, like you're, you're out of gas or something, you're on off the coast 10 miles or something, they'll come out and get you, and uh, and they'll tow you back in, Uh but if you, but some people, they get freaked out and they don't want to be on the boat anymore. They want to be in the vessel assist boat that's towing them. If you step off of your boat onto the vessel assist boat, um, you step away from all rights to that boat. And when you get back into, into port, that, then you have to buy your boat back from vessel assist because they're now the owners and they will sell it back to you at a price. So I'm not a, a maritime attorney. But that's one of the things I've learned is that once you, once you see, now if you're at anchor somewhere in an anchorage and you take and go into shore to go get provisions, that's a whole different thing. But out in the middle of the ocean, if you come across a vessel that's just uh, drifting and there's nobody on board, 
boy, that's your vessel from that from that moment on. So you have to be kind of careful in a situation like. And so I said, there's no way that I am the, being the captain are, is going to get off this boat. And uh, and and Don was the owner, and she says, I'm not getting off either. And so we had one of our crewmen who who lived in the town where they were going to take the navy was going to take them. So that to start uh, uh, with that. But uh, anyway, that's one of the things that you learn about. And that's why the captain is the last person to leave the vessel. Because uh, uh, even in a situation where you're away out at sea and a, and a, a helicopter comes in and you jump in the water and you swim to the helicopter and, and they tip pull you up by, by a lanyard up into the helicopter, you, you stepped away from ownership of your vessel and... And, and so that you have to keep that in mind that if you're willing to, if you need to get off the boat that bad, that you're willing to give, give away your vessel, that's a, a pretty big decision to make. So Yeah, and I had to explain that to them. Interestingly enough, they only spoke Spanish, which maritime law is English. I know it drives Tom crazy because he's studied this because he has his captain's license. But uh, the maritime uh, language is English, but they, you know, that's okay. I, I spoke Spanish, but I spoke enough uh, Spanish to explain to them that, that look, I'm abogada, I'm a lawyer, and I, I know I that uh, if I... Mm if the four of us were to get off that boat and be rescued by the Navy, anybody on that boat could call one of their buddies and say, Hey, there's this really cool yacht and nobody's on it. It's been abandoned. And someone, anyone could come along and take ownership of that vessel. And they had the, had the, had the, uh, the position. Yeah. They had the GPS position that, that had been communicated. They knew exactly where we were. We weren't going, we weren't moving. And so there's a, there's a big difference between assisting a vessel when a representative of the owner or the owner is on board, which requires their permission to assist versus a salvage situation, which is what Tom is talking about. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castellito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit castellitocaribe.com www.castillito C-A-R-I-B-E dot com. We look forward to seeing you soon. I'm so happy to have you with me for the Life in Paradise podcast. I love our listeners and fans, and we'd love to show our appreciation for you supporting the show. So please head over to lifeinparadisepodcast.com where you can find free resources mentioned in the show and also register for our gifts, prizes, and swag. I'd also love to hear from you. So there's a place on that page to submit your questions, comments, and requests so I can serve you better. And if I answer your question on the show, we'll send you a free gift. But it kind of goes beyond that. So that's there's the legal ramifications of it. 
Um, but there's also a long-standing maritime tradition that the captain goes down with the ship. And if you've watched the movie Titanic, and that's what I tried to explain to our friend who was kind of mad at us, you know, have you seen the movie Titanic, Larry, right? The captain didn't get off the ship. He was, till the bitter end, helping people get off as many people as possible, and ultimately paid the price with his own life. And that's what they do. If there's, they will devote any time that they have in an emergency situation to helping their, the folks that. That's correct. The passengers. Their, their charge. Mm-hmm. And legally, I guess that's another thing, you know, you have to understand. Sometimes people go, Oh, you know, I'm going to get a boat and I'm just going to, you know, have my friends chip in for gas and all that. And they don't understand that's actually a charter situation. If they're contributing anything, people used to ask us all the time, Hey, can we bring anything? And we'd always tell them, no. Uh, don't worry about it. We will. And people would often bring things anyway. They would bring bring beer or sandwiches or chips or whatever. But the answer was always no. And the reason for that was from a legal standpoint, we did not want there to be any question that this was not a charter. We were simply entertaining friends. And if something were to go go wrong in those situations. Yeah, I would have had to have an active captain's license uh, and so it would be, I'd have been in trouble. There was a situation happened where um, uh, a small 26-foot sailboat on a, on a lake up in Northern California, um, they were out after dark, and that got hit by a, pe- a couple of guys in a in a speedboat and T-boned them. And uh, because one of the people brought sandwiches and stuff, then there was no uh, captain license on board. Um, the guy, there was a lot of trouble involved with that. And, um, and my my wife usually gives me a bad time about, um, I read about all these uh, boating accidents, uh, whether it's in a Cruising World magazine or, or, or a book about an offshore race that went awry, uh, because she says, why do you read about these morbid things? And I says, because I learn from their mistakes. So that's why I, I always said, what would I have done differently? Because when you get out there in a situation, You've, you've already had some a uh, little bit of uh, thought process going into it. What would I do in this situation? So anyway. Yeah, yeah no, that's I, I, and I appreciate that because it does give you that extra knowledge. It just scares the crap out of me. So I don't like to read them uh, personally, but I'm glad that he does because that that can save your life, right? Yes. Learning from other people's mistakes yes. is a huge, huge takeaway from this this discussion. So one of the things I I do want to say because when and I'll cl- we'll close today with the story of the actual rescue of the boat because what we explained to these um, wonderful Mexican Navy people who spent three hours to come get us and I think they were a little frustrated that we wouldn't leave either is um, we wanted vessel assist Mm -hmm. not emergency assistance for the crew the reason they thought that we should go was because as it turns out my husband actually had an eight millimeter kidney stone lodged in his urethra we knew he was having some trouble but he had had an ultrasound in cancun and it didn't show up as anything so we thought it was a a uti uh treated with antibiotics he got better well then wouldn't you know when we were on this trip it flared up in a big way and um you know you certainly nobody would have given you a hard time i i would have stayed on the boat and said you know go to the emergency room and get treatment 
and yet you, you yeah. know, really put your own yeah. health in peril yeah. by staying on board. Do you, do you want to talk about, I mean, did you for a, for a moment ever think about going with them? No, I never thought for a moment I could tough it out. Uh, and, and then when we finally got in, we got into a, a port, I got towed. We actually, we once the boat was secured. Yeah, once the boat was secured and anchor and stuff, and I said, "Let's go in and uh, and, and get me to a get hospital. me to a hospital." Yeah. So yeah, so I I uh, appreciate that. I know you know he would never abandon his wife. Um, no. And and even though it was my ship, and I would have um, gladly said, you know, go, honey. I knew he would never do that. Yeah. Um, that's why I married you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the uh, story continues. So so Cliff went ashore. He tried very hard. It's a the, Progressive is a very large port. There's lots of commercial vessels. He had chartered several boats himself in the Progressive area, and he'd seen boats be towed in before. So we really didn't think it would be too much trouble to go ahead and find. We thought it would be expensive, but we really didn't think it would be too much trouble to have a, a you know an a, appropriate tow vessel come and rescue us. So he left to get, as I say, at about twelve fifteen. Uh, that was Friday night, and we were certain that we would be rescued by Saturday morning. We got up. Um, in fact, earlier the day before Cliff left, there was a big powerboat that came real close to us, and we waved at them. We thought that they were our rescuers. They never even said hello or stopped to see if anything was wrong. Uh, after that, we put up our distress flag. But at any rate, we finally about two o'clock in the afternoon i was really beginning to lose hope i thought oh my gosh we're going to be here another night at anchor remember we left wednesday mm -hmm. so by now it's saturday afternoon so we've been gone for five days our other crewman sue her husband had no communication with her we didn't have any way to contact him uh to, to let him know what was going on we finally uh, <laughs> that afternoon, I just have to laugh. This small uh, ponga or launcher, oh, they 21, call it. 21 foot 21 fiberglass, foot fiberglass open. open boat with one outboard motor and two Mexican fishermen pulled up to the Santorini. And they were our rescuers. And I got to say, my heart sank when I saw, no pun intended, when I saw this little boat and I thought, oh my Lord, these are our angels. These are our rescue angels. And what was happening in the afternoons, the wind would come up, but we, since we had no power, we couldn't pull up our anchor. We had a 66 pound anchor and a whole bunch of chain out to make sure that we didn't drag to shore. And the wind was coming up. It's very shallow and it was very bumpy in the afternoons. But because they got there in the afternoon, we did have wind. So this 26 year old uh, Mexican fisherman jumped aboard. Uh, they brought ice and beer and water uh, with them for yeah. us. And he and Tom by hand pulled up the chain for our anchor and we were able to have the the jib the storm jib in place and we actually sailed for very slowly four yeah. knots uh towing the mexican fishing boat behind our yeah. big sailboat and they towed us or we towed them to their small fishing village which is about 45 miles from progresso and that's actually where the boat stayed for about a week 
for the uh, engine to be re repaired. It was actually a fuel problem. We had dirty fuel, which happens, especially when you haven't used a boat for a long time. You can get water in the diesel, and that's what happened. And uh, we also did get the, the jib repaired, but we had so much damage done to the foredeck that Tom was afraid to, to put up the jib. So God bless him, Tom. Uh, we took Tom to the emergency room. We got him uh, a medical transport from this little fishing village. They did an emergency procedure uh, Monday morning, and I stayed with him Monday. Sue stayed on the boat for two days. Uh, actually, while we had him at the, uh, the emergency room, I got her off. She hurt herself badly. We had more problems. I won't go into detail about that. Maybe I'll talk about that sometime. But um, I guess my, my point in talking about the rescue is we had uh, ended up in this very unlikely, very small fishing, fishing village. And there was the reason we went there was because we had these angels that surrounded us. The the gentleman who owned the marina that we uh, had wanted to go into was contacted. He was the one who arranged uh, by our, our crewman that got rescued. He was the one that arranged for this tow, uh, this vessel assist. He was the one that said, this is the best place to go. The best mechanic in the region is there. You're in good hands there. You're not going to be taken advantage of financially. And it all worked out. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's the other lesson is you never know what your angel is going to look like. Don't prejudge. Um, like yeah. I said, I, my heart sank when I saw this <laughs> this gentleman and his son. It was basically, a, a, and it wasn't fishing. They, they took care of our boat for a whole week. Uh, stayed on our boat while Tom was recovering. And we ended up actually putting him on a bus and he ended up uh, going back with them uh -huh. 45 miles away. And they had actually never been to Progresso no. when they pulled into the, um, yeah. the marinas. But, so. Yeah. And, and what, what was kind of um, the, the, the fishing uh, season was closed for that week. So they had nothing else to do. So they were pretty excited. And then we actually sailed them. Uh, the father and son actually got, got on the boat with me, and we sailed the uh, the boat, um, motor, excuse me, motored the boat all the way to Progresso, and then uh, I put them on an Uber all the way back uh, to uh, to their their port, which was about an hour and a half drive. So yeah, they really had a good time. We had a lot of fun, but uh, I'm sure we'll see them again. We'll drive up there and. And hang out. I promised him a big fiesta, yeah. and uh, we'll take him to dinner when when we return. Yeah. But uh, we're actually in the states for the summer and enjoying some cooler weather and some hard earned R and R after our yes. crazy month that we had. And we did drive all the way from Cancun Six to days. to uh, Minneapolis. So we'll we'll tell you about more about that. So that's it for now. That's why the captain always goes down with the ship. Except when they, you can step up to a life raft as a boat sinks. So no <laughs> In our idea. case, there was no uh, going down. The ship did not go down. No. But we did have a life raft. So we, we were, you know, a four-person life raft if we needed it. But we didn't. No. So not we were good. Wood. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> our white bubble of light protected yeah, uh, us. Yes. So. I'll tell you more about that sometime, too. Okay. <laughs> over, uh, Captain Tom, over and out. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Life in Paradise podcast. Did you love this episode? If so, we'd love for you to follow, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to tune in every week for more inspired insights and wisdom to create your somebody pinch me reality. And until next time, dream big and act on it daily.